0: Welcome to the Fun Time program yet again.
1: Is this our third episode?
0: It is our third episode. I'm one of your hosts, Vivica Volt.
1: And I'm your host, John Andrew Fredrickson. What are we talking about today, Vivica?
0: We are talking about ourselves today. I love that topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can we talk about my hair for a second? Like, we can always talk about your hair. It's your hair been How many weeks have we been in quarantine now? I've I, lost count. I, time have not exist sorry. to me.
1: Weeks. We're not counting in weeks anymore. We're counting in months. It's been since March? April, May, June, July, August. We are officially in our fifth month Good of God. quarantine. I have not had a haircut since the beginning. Have you
0: had a haircut? I mean, I had a haircut in January, but I... Don't cut my hair very often.
1: Okay, well.
0: It was my first actual legitimate haircut since I was like 15.
1: I feel like you're better at handling long hair than I am, and so I'm just kind of dealing with this this mop on the oh, top yeah. of my head I right now. I've
0: always had long hair, so <laughs> I, this is very much my domain, not so much you.
1: Well, your hair looks perfect today. Yay, thank and you. we're just going to ignore uh, what's going on here for me, but we are excited to have this uh, kind of a meta episode today Little because. Bit. We've been talking about a lot of these concepts behind the scenes, kind of figuring out what we're doing with this podcast, why we're here, why we think it's interesting for us to be having this conversation in a public way where we can engage other people in these conversations. And one of the reasons why we realized this is such an exciting project for us to be doing is that uh, we, we really come at the world in, in many different ways.
0: Very different.
1: Many different ways. But and also
0: very similar.
1: In, in so many ways, we, we, we're very on the same page in terms of you know the way we think about things. But the, the places that we come at them from yeah, are, are so different.
0: Hilariously different.
1: And it's been so interesting having these conversations together where we've learned from each other. We've, we've been able to evolve our perspectives and evolve our understanding of the world through conversation in a way that we don't see happening in the public sphere enough.
0: Correct. Yeah, um, I would say it's interesting because uh, we are the same age. And
1: Are we the same age? Are you 86?
0: I'm 86, yeah. I love Year that. of the tiger. Now, 86
1: <laughs> was a good year. It was a great year. Go M&D, whatever you were up to. Wait, no, that happened in 85, I guess. <laughs> Wait, what month are you born in?
0: Uh, September, so my birthday's coming right up.
1: So your parents were getting it on in January?
0: Yeah, okay, it so was New, New Year's, years okay, baby. Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: So yes, eighty six was a good year. We're the same age, Mm -hmm.
0: and on top of us being the same age, uh, we on paper have similar backgrounds. Like we both grew up in the suburbs, um, and I mean
1: suburbs of New York and the suburbs of Ohio Ohio. are a little different. Which so this is this is what's so interesting. I think this is what you're getting at is that like on paper, in many ways, we're very similar, Mm -hmm. and yet our life experiences have been very different,
0: fucking different, Yeah. yeah pretty vastly different at this point. Um it's interesting because uh I grew up fundamental Christian. Um I grew up super conservative. I was raised Republican. Um I was supporting the NRA. So what we're trying to get at is that
1: Vivica here is our Republican uh co-host and and I'm I'm the liberal
0: and <laughs> Mm -hmm. sorry you
1: you can can, you can finish your story Uh yeah
0: totes republican (laughs) um anyways so i used to be the the funny part of that
1: joke is that she's not but but we'll get there
0: (laughs) no um so it's interesting because uh in like my super conservative background and upbringing um i spent a lot of time studying the Bible. The King James, not the new King James, because that was sinful, apparently. Um, and Wait, yeah. there's two
1: different King James versions? Uh-huh. I was raised Christian as well, and I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, that was part of fundamentalism, was that um, we believe the Bible exactly as it was written in the King James version, but not the new King James, because the new King James had sinful translations. When, when did the new King, King James come out? Fuck like if I know I didn't pay
1: them i feel like i've only ever heard of the new king james i guess i didn't realize there was i mean it makes sense there was an original
0: an old king james to have a new king james the things you don't think about Yeah, yeah 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 okay so that was weird um and so going from being hyper religious where i wasn't allowed to wear skirts above the knee and like the dress that i'm wearing would be uh considered really fucking risque because like it's more than three fingers below my collarbone and like I'm is that showing... one of the rules oh yeah you couldn't wear <laughs> uh, shirts that were more than three fingers below the collarbone if you saw any cleavage at all you might as well have been a harlot
1: was that guys too or was that specifically for the girls
0: oh you know it was not for of the course, guys of course oh because I mean what is religion without patriarchy
1: I never had anybody measuring my shirts off my collarbone in my life
0: oh so you were always wearing v-necks
1: no but just saying I've never had anybody measure my shirts off my collarbone. That's that's the extent of my.
0: Have you ever had anyone pinch your clothes to make sure that they weren't too tight? No, but I did. I did. Had to be able to pinch an inch. I, I,
1: I did have somebody once grab the crotch of my jeans and be like, they are way too low. <laughs> I, I had a moment where I wanted to wear really baggy clothes in like sixth grade. And apparently oh not, God, a, not everybody. Junkos? A, never Junkos. No, Jenko, oh. Jankos, Jankos, like raver gear.
0: Yeah. No, never Junko's. Really? I thought it was interesting. Like J-U-N-C-O.
1: Yet another way in which our life experiences differed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so I grew up super conservative and uh super religious. And now, uh ironically, I am pretty atheist. Um I have
1: Sorry, I can't I can't let that slide. What what does pretty a- atheist
0: mean? Uh, I mean, I really don't believe that there is a God. And if there is a God, I don't believe that that God is uh, the God of most religions. Um, There might be a higher intelligence being, but I really don't believe that that higher intelligence being is actively looking over anything that we're doing here on Earth. Otherwise, if they are, they are benevolent as shit. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay. So so you, you are precluding the possibility of something, but you're not ascribing any of the existing theories to your personal.
0: Right. Belief um, system. A little bit of apathy, a lot of atheism. OK. Um, I'm also really fucking leftist um, versus like I just kind of glossed right over my liberal phase and went straight to leftist got we're,
1: we're gonna have to get into the details on, on how that happened yeah that yeah. was fun
0: um so here i am uh basically being the opposite of how i was raised delightful um <laughs> but also still uh oddly adhering to some of the ideals that i was raised with um so one of the things that radicalized me was actually Jesus's teachings that do unto thy neighbor as you would have them do unto you and love thy neighbor wow, that as a filthy thyself. liberal. I know, Jesus, right? Jesus,
1: Jesus was that such a filthy socialist. liberal.
0: He was such a socialist.
1: <laughs> but wait a second. You read the Bible uh-huh. and the Bible made you liberal. Do not let Fox leftist. News hear this. Not just liberal, leftist. Like, that's a slur in, in many parts of this country. Like, it's, it's interesting hearing you actually adopt that term because most people only. OK, I shouldn't say most people. I've heard it used in many ways in a supremely negative concept, uh-huh. context. Yeah. And, yeah. and for you, it's a positive thing.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's uh, really one of the only ways that actually properly describes uh, where my views actually are, um, because if you like a lot of my views are more liberal than most liberals, um, which would make me leftist. And because I am I lean much further left on a wide array of topics, so it's really hard for me to consider myself just a liberal. Like, yes, I do agree with a lot of liberal things, but a lot of the things that liberals want and uh, agree on, I'm pushing a little harder on that and a little further and want a little bit more so that's where i am a leftist i love
1: that i love that yeah i mean my 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 path to where i'm at today has been similarly um interesting you know looking back on it in, in the sense that, that i've i've kind of so so i grew up in a very liberal it's so funny in many ways we're so many opposite in, in many ways we're so, <laughs> so we're so different in terms of like how we came you know how our paths Got merged and are, yeah. and 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 you know ebbed and flowed. Um, you know, I I was raised in a very liberal uh, community. You know. Just the idea that that you were supposed to it, it pretty much espoused the Christian uh, uh, teachings that you talk about having discovered in your own readings of the Bible in the sense that, you know, you're supposed to do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. And and that's 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 very liberal teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because your religious upbringing was very conservative, whereas mine tended towards a uh, a liberal kind of humanist perspective of the world. And I was fortunate to grow up in a community that was also all about kind of learning the humanist ideals of the world and, and understanding that everybody was a, a child of the earth and that we should all appreciate each other in, in similar ways. And that if people had different backgrounds and had different beliefs, it was because they had different experiences of life. But at the same time, we all, we're all kind of still experiencing the same thing. So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to be able to have a path out of religious teaching in the sense that the religious teachings that I was exposed to as a child were not necessarily taught as dogma, even though maybe in Sunday school they were, but at least in the school system, it was taught as you know part of the greater human story. So I was able to look at it as the religion that I was specifically brought up with was no different from the mythology of ancient greece or
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the religion that was you know taught in the middle east or the religion that was taught in japan or in china or in other parts of the world and and it all just kind of seemed to make sense to me pretty quickly as part of the same larger human story where we have these stone age ancestors who were trying to understand their world and didn't have enough information and so they created these stories and these stories were very influential and very helpful and very useful and Mm -hmm. we can still derive much value from them but they're not literal in the way that some people still hold on to and so my path out of religion was very easy in that regard um and it's interesting because i've perhaps developed a bit of a um a difficulty in um engaging with people who still hold these literal views in a way that that is positive i i struggle to to be empathetic towards those viewpoints
0: See, I think that's where uh, we kind of differ because uh, Ooh, with another way, okay, <laughs> yeah, yet another way um, <laughs> with me, because I grew up super religious and I grew up so immersed in uh, basically a cult. Um, I mean, it actually was a cult, it, though. I mean, yeah,
1: the way it, that you it described it, it wasn't your average Christian upbringing. It was a little bit yeah, more no, intense it, than that. It
0: was a cult. Like, okay. So the school that I grew up in, um, was attached to the church that I grew up in and they had, uh, the same doctrine. And so I went to church twice on Sundays, then once in school on Thursdays, plus also Wednesday prayer group. Um, so I was in, a church service four times a week. Um, plus on top of that, like the community that I lived in was very enmeshed in um, the church. And like, it was really just kind of the only thing that we were really allowed to do. Um, so even though I grew up watching TV and reading books and Uh, absorbing a lot of pop culture. I was technically not allowed to do any of that by my church. My mom just kind of didn't give a shit. Um, But like growing up, my pastor like immediately said that Harry Potter was super evil and we shouldn't be teaching kids about black magic. And Mm. Harry Potter was one of my favorite books growing up. We
1: had some of that in my school too. Yeah, it was a lot
0: of fun. Um, So I have a lot of empathy for people who grew up in that, who are still immersed in some level of that, because I understand how difficult it is when you are indoctrinated. I understand what it feels like to be almost ostensibly brainwashed um, by that indoctrination. So I have a lot of empathy for people who still don't quite understand how indoctrinated they actually are.
1: I should rephrase that because I completely agree with you on that, on that, on that point. Is that you know people who have been raised with it? It's it's all that they know. It's what they fully embraced in their lives, and they haven't spent a ton of time, you know, really considering it. Or maybe they have, and they've still, uh, you know, uh, landed on this being the fundamental thing in their life that that mm-hmm. that gives them value and, and that they care about. Right. I can have empathy for that, I, and I do have empathy for that. It's the people who proselytize who want to go Ooh. out and, and and impart their. A worldview on other people and 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 basically change the world to make the world a more theocratic, a more um, believing, faithful place, and discarding you know the secularism, the humanism, the rationality that, in my opinion, has made the world a better place at the expense of religion and often fighting religion along the way.
0: Wait. Okay. So, just to clarify, are you talking about like missionaries? Are you talking about politicians? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be missionaries. Or... It, can, it,
1: can, it can come in the form of politicians. It okay. can come in the form of people on TV. It can come in the form of like... intellectual thinkers. I mean, Jordan Peterson, for example, oh. is is a man who who sorry. um. Oh, I
0: sorry. think that
1: you and I probably disagree with him on very different aspects of it because I think that a lot of it's funny. What, how how do we get into Jordan Jordan Peterson in our in our meta episode here? But he but this. we're we're going to dive into this for like two seconds here. <laughs> And, and I'm sure that you're going to disagree with me on this. Okay. And we'll get into this at a different stage. But, I would love but it. But allow me to just, to, to just um, run with this for two seconds. He, he makes points that many young men especially find very salient and find very useful for the challenges that they are facing in their lives at that time. Sure. I have witnessed this ability that he has to build an audience around him, a very passionate audience around him that really believes in what, he's, in what he says. And at the same time, he then goes in a religious direction that many of the people in the circles that he walks in, in terms of the intellectual dark web that is, it's, it's known as of these, these thinkers who have you know, created these YouTube channels and podcasts and whatever, where they talk about the way that they think about the world. Um, he has this religious bent that many of those same people don't and so it's been interesting to hear these conversations about how people disagree on these things so it's it's interesting to see how people can can bring religion into a very rational and um you know rigorous uh view of the world and not be incorporating it in the way that you know people have in the past with dogmatism and faith and belief, because you're told to believe a certain way. But because we're going to rationalize it, we're going to think through how you know the Judeo-Christian values have really formed our world in a way that's really positive. And and Christopher Hitchens, who is my ultimate uh, uh, atheist savior, shall we say, um, who is who's is able to look at these things and just absolutely tear them apart, and is unfortunately not with us today anymore. I feel like would have absolutely torn apart. um um, jordan peterson so so you see you know it doesn't have to be missionaries it doesn't have to be church leaders it doesn't have to be uh people on tv evangelicals it it can also be intellectuals who are bringing some of this mystical woo-woo from the past into the present in a way that gets updated in a way that i think is almost even more dangerous because people who are otherwise very rational and and interested in a new way of thinking and this humanist secularist way of thinking are susceptible to this like but maybe there's still some truth to it. You know what I mean? So that's that's where I really struggle with engaging with that kind of thought process and that kind of thinking in a way that's still respectful and still empathetic. And yeah.
0: Yeah, so everything that you're just describing is how to start a cult. Yeah. Um, because most cult leaders uh, appeal to people who are uh, emotionally vulnerable in some capacity yes. and using that emotional vulnerability will give them a quote unquote new path or um, a new way of thinking that helps address that emotional vulnerability and make them feel less vulnerable while also uh, as long as you're adhering to the ideals of whatever cult it is that you are now engaged with. How
1: did you experience that growing up? Because you mentioned that you were in in a religious upbringing that was somewhat cult-like. Somewhat, completely.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, so uh, basically, we were told that if you didn't accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, that you were going to hell, and that if you didn't live in his image on a daily basis, and you weren't actively trying to uh, spread his gospel and uh, bring people into Christ, that you were not living up to his ideals and therefore you were a bad christian Mm. um and so it became a a conglomeration of shame and guilt and um wanting to please like almost like a daddy complex where you're just like wanting to please your heavenly father Mm -hmm. um and Wanting to do all of these things that like build up your reputation, both in the community that you're in, but also with your reputation with God, because like you're answering to all of your sins uh, when you get to heaven and all of this other stuff. So it builds up this like almost tally book of how you're supposed to live your life in order to appear to be the most religious or Christian or good, quote, person. Um, and it is really stressful because it's all something that like, no matter what you do, you can never be quite good enough. And no matter what you do, you can never be perfect enough. And even the people who are the most perfect are always seen as having some sort of flaw because obviously we're human, but there's less forgiveness amongst Uh, the Christian community than they preach uh, God has for them. So it's really difficult to align yourself with God's teaching when most of the people that are around you, from my own personal experience, obviously different churches have different experiences, but from my own personal experience, a lot of the people that I was being surrounded by were incredibly hypocritical, and would preach gospels uh that benefited them and made them personally mm. look good yes. while guilt guilting and shaming every like all the other people in the congregation into well, see, you're not pious mm. enough and you're not really good enough. See and you're to you're me not that Jesus is what religion
1: enough. is. It's it's the ability for people to create power structures where they they pick and choose the things that enable them to stay in power and enable them to hold power over other people and it has nothing to do with what's actually right what's actually morally right with may had there been a son of god had there been you know uh the tablets being handed to moses on 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 the on mount sinai uh it has been so perverted by now mm-hmm. that even if you grant any of that it's it's purely the 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 structures of of humankind that have been created since then in order to hold power over other people that's oh, that, uh,
0: yeah. but also everything that you just described about jordan peterson is he's doing uh sensibly the same thing interesting
1: wow we're gonna have to have an episode about jordan peterson
0: i mean we could just have an episode about cult leaders in general yes but yeah so anyways <laughs> just like Getting slightly off topic, so tell me more about your upbringing. I'm, well, I'm, I'm so fascinated. A whole lot about mine. I'm so fascinated because <laughs> we, we
1: we created this whole outline for this episode in terms of the things that we wanted to go over and, and and our backgrounds and and how we kind of arrived at where we are today. And and I don't think we we have really talked about our religious backgrounds. I mean, I I, I was aware of you know what you've described so mm-hmm. far, um, but I think that there's so much more that goes beyond that. You know, once we we both moved beyond our religious upbringing, right. um, and and went out into the world and and cast them off. I, I think that our journey after that is almost even more interesting because that was kind of like our journey out of the Garden of Eden, so to speak. Except it wasn't <laughs> in Eden. Yeah, um, it, it was more of a. Uh, Christopher Hitchens I, I just I adore the man please please look up his lectures because or just d- debates he he's the best debater he's so vociferous in his his attack on religion but he he loves to describe religion as this divine North Korea you know this authoritarianism this this giving is. up of ourselves this abject slavery that we desire that human beings desire in order to give themselves up to some greater power so they don't have to take responsibility for their own lives and um oh that's once you, move, once you move beyond that and you start to face the world as an individual where there's no heaven and hell, there's mm-hmm. no divine father looking down on you, judging you for what you do. <gasps> what? And it simply becomes a question of how can I be an effective agent in this world where I can bring about positive change? And it's funny because being an atheist doesn't mean that you don't want good things for other people. Right. You quickly discover that your desire to bring about positive change in the world comes from some innate part of ourselves Empathy. that 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 has evolved over generations because that is what is effective in building human societies that are able to survive mm-hmm. the reason we live in the society we do today and not some other Offshoot of, 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 you know, the human experiment where, you know, maybe the Denisovans or the Neanderthals or many of our ancestors have experimented with other ways of gathering, you know, of, of coming up with human, uh, with morality that maybe weren't as successful. And the reason we live in the one we do today is because it doesn't require divine intervention to tell us right from wrong. It's not like the cultures that existed before Moses went up on Mount Sinai and spoke to God and came back with these 10 commandments. It's not like the cultures that existed before that didn't know that you shouldn't rape and murder people, that there, that there were negative consequences, not just for yourself when you become that negative person with the people around you, but for society, and that societies, in order to organize themselves, have to um, figure these things out, and it doesn't require divine intervention. So once, I think, for me, once I move beyond, and the religion part of it is it's such the beginning. Once you move beyond that and you attempt to be an agent of positive change in the world and you tend to wrestle with these things on your own and figure these things out on your own you start reading you know the the philosophers and and the moral you know teach uh you know intellectuals the people who have, have really wrestled with these things in the past and you start to try to understand why is society organized the way it is mm-hmm. and how can i be a good part of that um that's i think where things get really interesting i agree so I would love to hear your story for how you 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 know progressed beyond that and and you know what brought you to New York and what your experience in New York has been because I think that you know both of us our formative years beyond what pe- most people describe as the formative years of being in like you know in these it's religious like the upbringings or, whatever, yeah. or or suburbs or you know traditional american school system mm-hmm. um, my formative years really have come since I've been here in New York City and cast off these versions of going to school, getting the job, getting married, having the car and the garage and the pets, having the family, and then waking up one day and being like, oh, wait, this is the rest of my life. And I I kind of, I had that experience experience, um, after college. I worked for three years as a software engineer. I was living with my high school sweetheart, the first girl I had ever been in a relationship with. And, you know, things were not quite working out in the relationship, but also just in general in my life. Like it was like, I had done everything I was supposed to do. And here I was at the end of the road. And then yeah, I looked up weird. and I was like, wait, I've, of I've the got road
0: in your early 20s.
1: I was like 25, maybe 24. And and I was like, I have I felt like, you know, I had traveled a lot. I had experienced a lot, but I felt like I hadn't really experienced life yet. And yeah. I had the fortunate, uh, you know, set of circumstances that enabled me to move beyond that somehow eventually end up in New York City. And my time in New York City has just been like being dropped into this pot of experience where it's like you can't avoid it. You're going to just bump into so many different people of so many different backgrounds with so many different ideas that you have to wrestle with them. You have to try them. You have to taste them. You have to experience them in a way where you figure out what is good and what is just, you know, frivolous and what is just hedonism and what what is actually adding value to my life in a way that, that I want to... Um, Make sure that other people have an opportunity to at least um, become aware to some of the things that I've kind of taken on as my my thinking about the world.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and... Just as a side note, hedonism isn't all bad, okay. No, I,
1: I never said it was bad. <laughs> I said that there are many different ways that you experience things oh, a thousand percent. in the in the larger you know, context of, of hedonism, that. Yeah. yes. and, and <laughs> hedonism should should never be downplayed. It is a wonderful part of the human experience yeah. that we should all partake in more of, and we will have more episodes to get into that for sure. <laughs> but so here in New York.
0: Yes. Here we are in New York City, Brooklyn, although I was born in Queens, so I'm really a Queens girl. But
1: okay, I've actually lived in every borough except the Bronx. No, sorry. Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. I've never lived in Staten Island, although I, was, I did.
0: First of all, Staten Island is imagination. It exists. Land. Like, it exists. It's whatever. Trump land. It, it's Trump it land. Exists. Trump, Trump it's Where has, we sent our trash.
1: Trump has representation in New York City. It's if you go to Staten Island, trash. they're there. I had a job in Staten Island as a doorman in, in, in got a nightclub. Into going
0: to a sex party in Staten Island. It was Island,
1: basically moms. a sex party. I worked the door <laughs> in my underwear. <laughs> yes. All summer long. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> this is back when I had a car and I could actually get to Staten oh, Island. My God. <laughs>
0: Oh my god um, love it.
1: but uh yeah so so here we are in new york city and and it's amazing how being in new york city has forced me to have such a varied and wide array
0: of experiences oh yeah um living every year that i have lived in new york city has felt like uh 10 years of living
1: anywhere else right at least like i was gonna
0: say like a miniature like a a minimum of like five years but really it's been it like every year in of being in new york city has felt like living a decade um in ohio um and it's interesting because i've been in new york city this october will make my 12th year here oh wow you're not that far ahead of me for some reason i thought you were much more of a seasoned new yorker than i was Maybe I just got a little bit more.
1: I'm, I think I dove
0: a little more headfirst into it.
1: I came here in either 2011 or 2012, so I'm either eight or nine years. So I'm, I'm not that far behind you. That's interesting.
0: I came in here. I came to New York in October of 2008.
1: Wow, I was still in college.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Life was weird. Um, So I originally came here because um, my extended family was here. So like my aunts, uncles and cousins were all living here in New York. Because like I said, I was born in Queens. So my extended family was here. And you were born in Queens and moved to Ohio. I moved to Ohio because I was living with my grandmother. And my grandmother who raised me um, got a job in Ohio that took her out there. And because she was my legal guardian and I was three years old, I didn't really have much of a choice.
1: Wow. So to
0: Ohio, I went. Um, but your, so, the rest
1: of your family was here in New York? Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, the rest of my family was here in New York. Some of them were out in California, a few people in Chicago. But for the most part, like my like, tight-knit family was here in New York City. Um, and so when I was 22, I made the decision to move out here to be closer to them. And I was still... I was a little dull like I had kind of moved a little bit away from religion and I wasn't like as like hyper religious. I still kind of believe there was a God, but I wasn't like a practicing Christian or anything like that.
1: Are we going to talk about sexuality because that part of the story is
0: well, can you fucking let finish? interesting to me. Like, I
1: will let you finish, so but I just I just How had that awareness. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we've been having this conversation before <laughs> the cameras were rolling. And so, yeah, I'm I'm like, let's get to the good stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. So uh, it's also just interesting because, um, like, moving here for my family, um, I moved here to be closer to them. But also um, because I was feeling kind of stuck in Ohio. And I was feeling like I was in a place that was just, like, completely tumultuous. And um, I didn't feel like I had any sort of, like, upward mobility in Ohio whatsoever. and. I didn't want to get stuck in a situation that was going to make me incredibly unhappy for the rest of my life. And I took the chance. Wow.
1: Well, so you really had that that conscious thought process of I needed to get out of this current place that I am and that New York is a potential place for me to thrive in a way that I can't hear.
0: I didn't think that I was going to thrive here necessarily. I knew that like even from a kid, like from a young age, because I used to come to visit New York all the time, I felt really comfortable here and I felt at home here.
1: But at least it wasn't going to be holding you as back holding you back as much as where you were in right. Ohio. Because okay. in
0: Ohio, I felt like a big fish in a small pond. Um, versus coming to Ohio or I'm sorry, coming to New York where I feel like a little fish in an ocean. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I have like the actual room and capacity to grow um, because I have such a diverse set of options here and uh, being the religious kid that I was, um, it was kind of strange that I knew when I was 12 years old, that I was bisexual, which is what you were asking about. (laughs) And, um, knowing that I was bisexual when I was 12, I tried to repress that side of me. And I also thought that I was monogamous, cute. Um, (laughs) and, um, So I tried to figure out a way where I could justify uh, being monogamous and still having a boyfriend that was into having threesomes so that I could play with girls, but like have it be okay um, and allow me to like explore my sexuality without being, quote unquote, gay. And then I came to New York and was like, well, I mean, I could just actually oh, I can I can just have a relationship with a woman. And also I don't have to be monogamous. I can actually be ethically non-monogamous and have like multiple partners. And each of those partners know about each other and have met each other and like each other and get along. And I can date multiple people and it's okay. And I can date multiple genders and it doesn't have to be just a gender binary and i can just like meet lots of people okay i guess that this is much better so and so
1: that was only something that you discovered by coming here to new york city oh
0: yeah i definitely wouldn't have discovered that in ohio i mean maybe i because like i used to hang out a lot of gay bars in ohio but i don't think that i would have met the same type of people that i met here like i like there was still a lot of heteronormativity even in the gay bars and there was still a lot of the emphasis on monogamy um and especially in ohio there's like a huge in ohio you mean yeah like where i grew up in ohio there was a
1: very because i'm trying to i'm trying to reconcile that with my experience in gay bars here in new york and like
0: no (laughs) yeah gay bars here in new york not at all um but gay bars in ohio like there was always kind of the thought that like as a quote-unquote straight woman um going to a gay bar i would meet the hot straight guy that was there that was like either brought there by his gay friends or was like there specifically to meet the women that were trying to not be hit on at the other clubs because you know that mentality is just really weird so either way it was still like really heterocentric and heteronormative and now i can just go to gay bars and go to lesbian bars and be like cool so i'm not here to meet a single guy if a guy comes up to me i might punch him in the dick because that's not what i'm here for tonight i got all my rainbows on me i am gay as fuck don't talk to me if you have a dick. Move it along. Unless, you no, know, I will accept if you are a trans woman that also still has a penis. Because what's up? But like, <laughs> if you are a cis man, move it along. Move it along.
1: So this was something that you discovered in New York City that oh, didn't that you wouldn't have oh, had the capacity, you wouldn't have the ability to explore in other parts of the country at least in the place where you grew up
0: right um and so that was one of my like learning that i could think outside of the box that i was uh kind of boxed into um growing up was one of the biggest changes that i had being in new york and uh kind of learning about myself in new york and having more life experience here was like oh okay I can be non-monogamous and that's okay I can be pansexual and that's okay I can have multiple experiences with multiple people and be as slutty as I want as long as I'm doing it in a safe and ethical way oh okay well shit what what's the harm in this like as long as i'm being safe and everyone that i'm with is being safe and we are all uh consenting and uh understand what is being said and being done um fuck yeah so that's kind of where i'm coming from
1: yeah yeah my my experience in new york is been very similar from a diversity perspective in the sense that I've been exposed to a diversity of experiences, a diversity of ideas, a diversity of ways of thinking about how to organize your life and how to engage with other people in a healthy and respectful way. Mm-hmm. And obviously we come at this from a very different perspective in terms of like sexual awakening. Yeah. Um Love You know, I, I definitely had a lot of fun in my club days where i was you know partying and meeting a lot of oh, different people I mean, and
0: wanted to meet that and so
1: bad. and being exposed to a lot of different ways of you know just having fun and, and and fooling around but but still my you know experience at least with like sexuality and that kind of stuff has been very vanilla i've, I've been with you know been in like three relationships my entire life and 34 years old and and you know have been aware of sort of the um the non monogamous uh community, but have, have it, haven't identified with it with with it in the same way that you have right. and so I think what's been so interesting for us in writing out the outline for this episode especially is 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 recognizing that while we agree on things in so many ways mm-hmm. there's so much about our life experience that is disparate and that is different and Very. unique that mm-hmm. we can learn so much from each other in a way that is understanding and and in a way that we don't see happening in the greater especially political dialogue that's happening in this country right and and that's why it's been so important for us to recognize that like hey we can do this podcast we can have these conversations where we can bring other guests on we can have we can have conversations about things where we don't understand them in the same way right we can talk about them and learn about them from each other in a way that other people can look at and be like wow this is how political dialogue, this is how sexual dialogue, this is how dialogue around difficult issues can happen, Mm -hmm. like race, that can happen in a way that is productive, in a way that people are learning from each other. They're coming closer together through understanding because they come at it from different perspectives. And that if we only talk about it from different perspectives and are constantly, you know, knocking each other on the head with this is what I believe and what you believe is wrong, that we're not getting anywhere.
0: Right, exactly. And it's, always been really fun having conversations with you because again we agree on a lot of things and we have a lot of very similar interests and we have a lot of similar um ideas and ideals um but where we have gotten to those places from is so vastly different and it's always really fascinating to see because like growing up i watched all of the tv all the cartoons all of the movies i had like i've been a gamer since i was five years old and yes i am a gamer girl but no i don't play first person shooters and i don't care to learn how to play first person shooters they drive me nuts and literally the only game i've ever played is a first person shooter (laughs) that's that's hilarious i'm much more into uh platformers and puzzle solving games right now i'm currently obsessed with overcooked too but that's a whole different topic um, but it's just really funny because, like, I grew up being immersed in media. Um, she showed me Aladdin for the first time. Oh, my last God. Week. It was so cute. We watched Aladdin a couple uh, days ago and it was his very first time seeing an animated <laughs> Disney movie ever.
1: That's not true. I've seen Fantasia. That
0: doesn't count. Why does Fantasia count? That's like extra old school. I
1: loved Fantasia. But, like,
0: it's not... Okay, so yes, fine. Fantasia.
1: It accounts. doesn't count. I'm Fine. Not Fantasia
0: counts. Whatever, but it's not like the like <laughs> typical Disney like having like the romantic story kind of thing. No, I get it. Uh, I've, I've
1: heard the Disney I've, princess stories. Yes, I've, yeah, story. I've mm. heard much, much about the Disney princess story, and in many ways, I bought into it, which oh, has been yeah, so interesting. Oh, you know, and it's, it's like crazy, despite having not having been raised without media, without television, without movies. I have yet become inundated with this idea of like being the perfect hetero male where you like woo the princess, you make all her dreams come true and you live happily ever after. And and my life has been an interesting experiment of learning why that isn't necessarily the best way to approach the world.
0: Yeah. Weirdly enough that happily so ever after is really not usually a happy so ever it's- after. It's usually just an ever after.
1: So it's, it's funny to, to, you know, be exposed to these Disney movies later in life. I knew about them, but having actually seen one now, it's interesting to recognize sort of the damage that they had done, even in my own psyche mm-hmm. up until this point in my life.
0: It's really crazy that you having, didn't realize they were musicals.
1: I had a, I had, I hadn't aware. You know, <laughs> you're right. You're right. I was a little surprised. There was a lot of song and dance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I am really excited to be here today. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited with the podcast that we have done so far. We started out with the Great Mask Debate. The you can check it out
0: mask on our
1: website. Are you wearing your mask? Fun time. Wear them. FunTimeProgram.com. Awesome. You can also find us on. All of the places where podcasts exist, as well as YouTube, if you want to see this in video format. And then we had a a fantastic conversation on cultural appropriation, which is something that, you know, I had a surface understanding of. But it's amazing when you think you the Dunning-Kruger concept is so interesting and important. Uh, The Dunning-Kruger I don't know. What you call it. Is it a concept? Is it is it a theory? Is it a theory? Dunning Kruger effect? Effect? effect. Is yeah. that what it's called? The Dunning Kruger effect is so interesting because it's essentially the idea that the more you know about a topic, the more you recognize how much. You don't know mm-hmm. how big. So so you think your ignorance is small at the beginning. And there becomes this time where you learn a little bit about it and you think, well, I know everything about this. But then the more you learn, the more you recognize how more, how much more you have to learn and how small your actual total knowledge is relative to the larger body of knowledge that can be learned. Mm-hmm. And when you think you know a little bit about cultural appropriation, you tend to build opinions and you tend to have ideas yep. uh, that don't necessarily go unchecked be- if you don't have the opportunity to, to discuss them with people from other Backgrounds and other experiences of life, yeah. and so having a conversation like we did with the cultural appropriation conversation um, was just really valuable for me, and I think hopefully for other people to see that you know that there's so much that we can learn from other people when we sit down and we have real conversations with them about them and try to understand why is it that this specific thing um, affects you in the way that it affects you when right I might have the reaction of like you're being annoying for being affected that way,
0: we should just like let people wear whatever they want to wear right, right.
1: so so like, so why
0: does it matter? Why i'm excited to be
1: here, having these conversations mm-hmm. with somebody who we've been able to develop a certain level of trust, a certain level of understanding, Absolutely. a certain level of of perspective on where we come from, and the idea that at the end of the day we're both human beings mm-hmm. who are flailing around in a difficult world, trying to understand the world in a better way, and that The best way that we can hope to understand the world in a better way is by working together to understand each other's perspectives because at the end of the day, our own perspective is limited. Right. And we cannot experience what everyone else on this earth is experiencing. So the only way to evolve society towards a more healthy place for everyone is Mm -hmm. to have conversations that involve as many people as possible and to try to understand as many perspectives as possible. So that is what we're trying to do here today.
0: Absolutely. And it's one of my favorite things about our uh, ability to have this podcast is you are one of the few people, especially one of the few white people that I can actually have conversations with race about where I don't feel uh, like I need to be defensive, where I don't feel like I need to... Uh, over explain myself and like, obviously you ask really great questions. And I know that the, you're actually asking them in good faith and you're actually wanting to learn to actually have a better understanding of things. You're not just demanding emotional labor from me. You're not, uh, assuming that I am a monolith or that I know everything. And, um, one of my favorite things about, uh, our conversations is that when, one of us isn't sure about a thing we will stop and just Google it and figure out like, Oh, okay. That statistic was kind of wrong or, Oh, wow. I didn't realize that that was such a like disparate thing or, Oh, uh, this is like kind of a cool thing. Like we'll fall down like Wikipedia rabbit holes, um, fact checking each other and making sure that like what we're saying actually lines up with reality and that we're not just like throwing random opinions exactly and and i think that what we're
1: recognizing here is that we've recognized that the conversation that we've been having has been so valuable and so Mm -hmm. insightful and so uh, elucidating in ways that we haven't had in other walks of life and so we want to be able to bring this to you in a way that other people can kind of see how we can have these conversations in a better way? Not that we're like trying to put ourselves up as the poster childs, oh, you know, no. poster children for for perfect conversation, uh, but the idea that we can have these difficult conversations in a way. That we don't necessarily always come at it from the same perspective, but that right. we can help each other to understand the perspectives that we have on it. And then hopefully each of us can get to a better understanding of it through that conversation. And, and that's what we're hoping to do here with this podcast. So we've, we've taken on a bit of a fun name. It's the Fun Time Program. It's
0: a fun time program.
1: We're, we're hoping to do a lot of fun episodes on silly things like cocktail review and video game reviews and, 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 you know, and, and psychedelics and stuff like that. But at the same time, we also really want to cover serious, heavy topics that yeah. have have um, you know a, a lot of importance for for the times that we live in and so we're really excited to bring you guys along for the ride on this uh, we appreciate that you've you know taken the time to to listen to what we've had to say so far and and we actually really value your feedback on this yes. so you know if if you could reach out to us and let us know what you're thinking about this about this podcast so far
0: let us know in the comments of our YouTube videos or on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on, or even just shoot us a message on our website. Exactly. We are very open to, uh, critiques and criticisms. Um, I- and any respectful dialogue that you want to have, if you think that we are wrong about something or if we say something that uh, we didn't quite fact check properly, please let us know. We or you want just to- have a different perspective. We are you know? open to all kinds of different perspectives. We exactly. want to have more understanding of our world and we want to be able to present a bigger understanding of our world to the rest of the world so that we can have a more cohesive idea of how to better ourselves amen so i amen. so that
1: is what the fun time program yeah. is about in case you were wondering i it's know us. that it's us exactly we are fun at least we try, to, be. We, 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 we try to have fun <laughs> <laughs> so in the midst of the seriousness it is so important to remember that what makes life worth living and worth fighting for is the fun that we have along the way
0: absolutely and, and
1: that's what we hope to foster here and that's what we hope to bring you guys along for so please reach out to us let us know what you think about this so far let us know what you think about the topics that that we are interested in in, in covering you know we like we said we're, we're gonna be doing current events we're mm-hmm. gonna be doing things from you know sex safety to psychedelics to video game reviews to to kink what oh is, yeah what
0: what is kink? Oh. I have no
1: idea. I know, because you're so beautifully and, vanilla. And, and of and course is, you have
0: no idea what kink is properly. Is, <laughs> and then and, there is me. Um, <laughs> and
1: this is why we think this is going to be an interesting concept, because we both come at it from such very different life experiences.
0: Yeah. And I'm and, really excited to talk and about kink, so, I'm not going to lie. Come along with us for the ride. <laughs> Please. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode and let us know in the comments what topics you want us to cover. Maybe there's something that you want to hear our opinions on um, or have us like research a little bit more than you feel like doing. Um, let us know and we'll maybe make it one of our next topics. And
1: we are very excited as well to be bringing on some very uh, esteemed and, and exciting guests that we are excited to talk to. Yes. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any ideas for people that you might think might be interesting, if you uh, are one of those interesting people, even better, reach out to us and uh, yeah, send us a message. So without further ado, we are going to sign off for tonight.
0: Indeed, we are. We hope you have a safe and wonderful rest of your evening or day, whatever time of day you're listening to this. Make sure you wash your hands and wear your mask. And wear your fucking mask. Keep it wrapped up. Keep it wrapped up. Keep that
1: face wrapped up. Keep that beautiful face wrapped up until you have a good excuse
0: to take it other off. things. <laughs> Bye kids.
1: We'll see you in the next one. Ciao.